Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new and exclusive interview right here on Twitter Spaces. If you haven't been following myself or my guest, Amanda, please make sure that you do that in this space or even after this space. I don't really know how that's going to go, but usually I would do this on Twitch. However, I really want to make sure that my guest gets the most eyes on her. The spotlight is definitely on her. It's all about her. So, you know, if you are a wrestling promoter out there, I'm just going to put it out there. If you're a wrestling promoter out there and you want more referees to your promotion, Amanda is your girl to hit up. And uh, this is what we're here for. We're here to learn about Amanda. She is a referee. She is a manager. And she is a damn badass manager from what I see. So without further ado, welcome Amanda Moreau. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on Spaces. This is amazing. I've been excited for this for quite a few days now. So I'm just happy it's finally here. Of course. Uh, yeah, I I wanted to start doing this to give other uh, wrestlers and referees like some type of spotlight uh, because, you know, it's hard to get your name out there. It's hard to like do all the marketing. Uh, so, you know, I'm here to help with that. Um, so, you know, let's just jump right in it, right in it. Um, where did your love of wrestling come from? So my love of wrestling started in about 2000, uh, 2000 is when I I had seen my, my cousins used to watch wrestling. So I, I knew of it, but I didn't really watch it. So After I graduated high school, I know I'm dating myself a little bit there. Um, I started watching a little bit of of wrestling. I kind of got into it really slowly. And I was watching WrestleMania 17 where, and I believe it was 17, where Edge Spirit, Jeff Hardy, uh, Edge Spirit, Jeff from the ladder. And it was that second. I'm like, this is it. Like, that was my exact moment that I knew I was going to be a fan. Like, I was going to be a fan long term. Um, uh, oh, go ahead. If you weren't finished. No, that that was where, that was really where the love of everything started. Okay. And then did you uh, want to become a wrestler or like, did you, or were you like, I want to be a referee? So the thought of being a wrestler was dancing in my head a little bit and I thought I could do this. Problem was, I am born and raised in Southwest Minnesota. Uh There, at the time, there was absolutely nothing in the area. My closest drive to even train was about three and a half hours away. Damn. So, it was in my brain, but it was one of those, I don't have any place to do it. Uh, I see. So yeah. it just it just sat there as an idea for years and years before I actually ended up being able to have the resources to do anything about it. And was that because like you moved closer to the place or you went to a different state to get the training? So what happened was I had moved to uh, South Dakota in 2001. Many, many years later, 2017, actually five since Five years ago today, I met Nick Dinsmore for the first time. For those of you who do not know Nick Dinsmore, he was Eugene in WWE back in the early 2000s. Um, So I met him for the first time. And him and I were having a conversation, and he said, I'm moving up here. 
I have a wrestling. He's like, I'm going to open a wrestling school up here. I'm thinking about running shows. First thing I told him was, you open up a wrestling school, you start doing shows, I will be there. I will be at every single show. And he started up his wrestling company here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It was called Midwest All Pro. And I was at the second show. Didn't make it to the first show, got to the second show. Uh I ended up going to every single show after that because I was just hooked. I started learning that there's a big difference between the professional wrestling world and the indie wrestling world. Okay. There's, There's something about the indie wrestling world that is just more personal. And and I loved that. So, again, I really didn't have it in my mind that I was going to do anything. But I was like, I'm going to go to shows because I definitely want to support this. So, a few years, about three years, two, three years later, one of the, uh, one of the wrestlers had a serious injury. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the month after that, there was a big fundraiser. And there was a silent auction that went on. And one of the things that was being given away at that auction was a free semester of training. Oh. And I'm like, I'm going to throw my money in for this. We're just going to see what happens and see if I win it. So long story short, I won it. So uh-huh. I won the free semester. And I, I said, you know, I'm like, I'm in my 30s. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but let's give it a shot. Uh-huh. So I did. And I found out, like, it's obviously it's very intensive. It's very hard work. Um, anybody who, who says it's fake, I, I think a lot of people still get slightly offended by that because yep. that stuff hurts. It just does. Yep. Um, so I started doing a little bit of, I started doing the referee thing. I just naturally kind of slid into that role and I started realizing how much I liked it Uh because it was physical, but it wasn't as physical. Um, and and it didn't beat up my body as much. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So, so I started, I started doing, doing the referee stuff. Did that for about six months. Um, kind of got to the point where didn't have the funding to keep doing training anymore. So I decided to take a break. Still going to all of the shows. Uh, a couple years later, um, I was going through a divorce and I needed something. It's definitely true that once that wrestling gets into your blood, it's really hard to get out. Oh, yeah. And I needed that one thing that was going to be my escape. I needed that one thing that was going to get me out of my own head and get me into a space that I knew I belonged. So I went back and I started refereeing again. Um, did that for a while. Um, actually started dating one of the wrestlers and things just naturally kind of progressed to me being his manager uh-huh. um, but I still didn't want to lose the referee aspect so I started branching out a little bit with the refereeing so I referee in North Dakota and I do some refereeing in Nebraska and then I also refer I'm going to be making my Minnesota debut in November oh, that's um, awesome. yeah so when I'm in when I'm in Sioux Falls um our company now is called flagship pro wrestling uh when i when i'm in sioux falls that is my manager spot 
Okay. Um, my my then boyfriend, who is now my fiance, um, I still manage him, and I really. Are you sorry? Oh, okay. oh sorry. No, go ahead. You sorry? You sorry? You sorry? Broke up. I was like, oh man, I thought we lost you. <laughs> go ahead. Oh no, no, I'm still here. So my my uh, my boyfriend, which my boyfriend, my fiance. So I still decided that I was going to keep the manager role here while I'm in Sioux Falls. And honestly, if it came down to which one do you love more? I don't think I could pick because there's managers, I think are a very niche market. You don't see, you don't see them around very much. Um, and you see baby face managers even less. Yeah. So one of, uh, so Silas young, who's actually, uh, was on AEW. Yeah. Um, he had a show with flagship a few months back and he saw the match that my fiance and I did with, with uh, Alvin Falcone, who he is, who he's uh, has a rivalry with right now. And he told me, we, we went out after the show and he looked at me and he said, I hate baby face managers. He said, there's generally never been any point to have them because uh-huh. it doesn't make that make sense. He said, what you did tonight made sense. And and that to me, I was like, I am doing this right. I was like, I could die now because Silas Young just told me that I, I did an awesome job. So yeah. I, I, I think I've been able to find just that area that I fit into where I love being a manager and love to see more baby faces in other places that can work yeah definitely um so i'm gonna we're gonna pause right there because there's a lot to unpack and i thank you for like uh, <laughs> getting to like all of my points because eventually they they would have been questions okay. but you know it, it's all good it's all good um i do like the fact that you did mention that um there's a difference between pro wrestling and like indie wrestling like I there is a significant difference um to you what are the most important aspects between the two so I feel like with you're talking about going into the professional wrestling companies you obviously you you're the athletics are still there the athletics are pretty much the same in indie indie wrestling um you know, you get that bigger scope, you get that bigger stage, which is great. But what I love about the indies versus professional going out and being the bigger professional wrestling companies is in the indies, I feel like you can get more invested because you can pers- you have that, you can have that personal one-on-one with, with those wrestlers. You don't get that with these bigger companies. Um you know, you can go out, you can say hi, you can wait by buses, you know, you can do whatever, but you just don't get that one-on-one um, personal experience. So you're really invested in that wrestler because you know them, you see them. Um, I just, I, I like, I, I like the individuality aspect of wrestling yeah. um, in the indies. Yeah, I totally get that. Um I, I definitely feel more connected uh, to indie wrestlers on the indies 
um, you know, just because I, I know people and I'm able to be like, hey, what's up, you know, uh, let's take a picture for like memory's sake and then versus like professional wrestling where everyone is like literally running around and you're like, hey, I haven't talked to you in six months. How are you doing? So, yes. yeah, you know, the whole difference in that. Um, you know, you also mentioned, too, that you uh, got that free month uh, training with uh, Eugene, which is uh, very awesome because not everyone, uh, you know, can get that. Um, so in your first month, on a scale of one to 10, uh, how difficult was it, if it was? Ooh. I would put it at about an eight. Okay. Because there's a lot of hesitation in your body because the first time you take a bump, your body doesn't want to do that. And then you take the bump, your body doesn't want to do that again. And it's a lot of conditioning to get your body to say, we can do this, but we have to do this the right way. Um, I ended up getting so many bruises. I know I took a clothesline from Nick. And one of the thing, first things I told Nick, because I, was the first, I, was, I wasn't the first, but I was the only female in the class. Okay. And I told him, I said, I do not want you to take it easy on me. Mm-hmm. Like, just because I'm a female. He clotheslined me once, and I was not expecting him to clothesline me as hard as he did. And I took the entire bump on my elbow. Oh. And I had a nice bump on that thing for probably a good three or four weeks. Oh, um, But just his knowledge of the business is, is top tier. I mean, you can't, there are very few guys that you can learn from that are better than Nick. Yeah. So um, while you're training with uh, Nick, uh, what are three lessons that you still uh, take with you uh, today in your career? The first one is definitely to sell. Mm -hmm. Um, And the second one is to feed off of the crowd. It's, It's always a matter of you have to be able to have that that awareness of the crowd and how they're reacting because sometimes you can't, I've seen, you know, my, my wrestling friends go into a match and they want to do it one way, but the crowd's not into it. Yeah. So they completely flip it in the middle. And I even take that uh, into consideration as a referee, because if, for example, if as a referee, I'm not reacting to some of these moves, the fans aren't going to care. Yeah. So I, and he, he also taught me how important a referee is in a match. I think that's my third lesson. And it doesn't matter if I have been the actual referee in the ring or if I have been a manager and just known the referees inside the ring. Um, you always have to have that, you know, awareness of, of what you're doing as a ref, or if I'm a manager, I have to have an awareness of what the referees are doing because their job obviously is extremely important They're They seem like the background player when the match is going on, but they really have like one of the most important jobs in that ring. Yeah, they really do. Um, it's, you know, it's also to enhance, uh, certain stories and then also if they're involved in like spots 
Um, it kind of makes the story go a little bit further. You know, uh, yeah. referees are sort of like taken for granted. Um, but, you know, uh, that's all fantastic that like, you know, you keep uh, Nick's like teachings with you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, has anyone ever asked you for advice to be a ref? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I when we have some of our newer trainees coming in, it used to be where all the trainees would have to be a referee first. That doesn't necessarily happen anymore. But when those trainees would start to be a ref, they would come up to me and say, what do I do? Like, how do I do this? What, what do I need to know? So I love being able to give a, at least a little bit of guidance and say, okay, the first thing you want to know is where is the hard cam? Because you do not want people looking at your butt because you want to make sure they're looking at the wrestlers and not you. So you want to know where your hard cam is at. Um, when I go into a match, I mainly want to know two things. Do I have any spots I need to look out for? And what's the finisher? That's okay. It. Um, I, I tell referees a lot that you can get focused on the little details. And if you get focused on the little details, you could get lost. True. So I, I have one of my, one of my wrestling friends who, who his, uh, his advice to me is generally stay the fuck out of the way. <laughs> hopefully, I, hopefully I can swear on space. It's fine. That is his, that, that is his advice. So I'll, if I'm, I just refereed a match for him last weekend and I go up to him and I'm like, so basically stay the fuck out of the way. He's like, yep. I'm like, all right, cool. All right. So, yeah. That's totally an understandable thing. Yeah, it's like if, if I need to do something or I need to be in a certain spot, let me know. Otherwise, I just need to know what the finish is. Because, yeah, it's too easy to get into your own head that way. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're allowed to curse in spaces. Uh, my personal thing is that I just don't like the N-word at all in any form or anything like that. Oh, like absolutely I, not, yep. Yeah, I, 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 grew up, I grew up that way. I just don't like how it sounds. So that's the only thing that I ask my guests and like other people that I hang out with, like just don't use the word around me, but any, yeah. any other curse is fine. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fine with me. Um, but yeah. So, you know, this is amazing uh, for people that do not know uh, like South Dakota, because I bet you a lot of people are like, Oh, is, is, is that a state or something? Like uh, if you can, please uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, South Dakota. So every time I say I'm, I'm south, from South Dakota, you get that person that's like, oh, you must go to Mount Rushmore a lot. No, Mount Rushmore is eight hours from me. Damn. I mean, we are on the complete opposite end of the state. I mean, I could almost walk to Minnesota. That's how close we are. Um, and, and you get a lot of like, wow, do you have indoor plumbing? Do you guys have internet? It's like, yes, we have all of that. It's not, <laughs> it's not as small and you know, out, out out of the outside world as people think it is. It's really not. Um, I think wrestling in this area has started to pick up a little bit more, I would say, over the past five years. Honestly, ever since uh, Nick Dinsmore has moved wrestling here, I feel like I'm hearing more about companies in North Dakota or companies in, in Nebraska. These, these uh, you know, these smaller cities that that have this that might not have as much exposure and that is that is the downside being in a state like this 
is that you don't have as much exposure. So it's really hard to get out to these bigger cities and bigger places because people might not necessarily think of you. Yeah, that's totally true. Um, You know, even me being from New York, uh, you know, people still ask us like the weird questions about like the big city and stuff like that. Like, you know, um, South Dakota really doesn't get mentioned in like the wrestling like debates or anything like that. But I think now it will. Um, It's definitely picking up, uh, you know, steam. I don't know why my brain wanted to say speed, but one day, (laughs) one day it's going to pick up speed and all that. Um, so, uh, you know, I was, uh, looking at your little mini videos over on your fan page on, uh, Facebook, and I wanted to get into this little rivalry that you and DeLorean, who's also here with us, um, with your feud with Alvin Falcone, uh, do you mind speaking on that for a little bit, letting the fans know what exactly is going on? Well, a few months ago. DeLorean was fighting for the Empire Auto Sales Championship at Flagship Pro, and Alvin Falcone decided that he was going to stick his nose into business where it did not belong. He decided to uh, put his hands, actually, or his feet on DeLorean and kick him, basically costing him the entire match and the championship. And then he decided to put his hand in my face. So... Had a match the next month. Things got a little bit heated from there. And last month, a lot of people say that I went where I didn't belong. But if you know anything about me, I really don't like people deciding to put their hands on my man. Mm-hmm. So he decided, Alvin Falcone decided to attack DeLorean after the match, which he won. And Instead of being a man and leaving the ring, he decided to get in my face. Getting in my face led him to push DeLorean, who was trying to give a spear to Falcone, into me. So I ended up taking the spear. So Falcone just likes to stick his nose where it doesn't belong. And in business where it doesn't belong. So next Actually, no, this month. I have to remember it's September. September 30th, we have a very big show coming up at Supercon called Supermania in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And there was there is going to be, from what I hear, a promo that Alvin Falcone has decided to put out that says that DeLorean gets to pick the stipulation for this match. Now, I don't know Ooh. what that stipulation is going to be, but I have a very good idea of what direction a DeLorean might be going into. So, as far as what match that's going to be, that's soon, that that's still to come. But I have a feeling that is one that no one is going to want to miss. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I was intrigued by uh, this view just by watching uh, the video clips. Um, and then just hearing your promo work and knowing that, like, it comes from uh, the heart. Um, did uh, Nick also teach you uh, promos during um, your training as well? Nick did touch on promos a little bit. He is obviously a lot more of, of a mat-based wrestler, so he didn't delve into promos a whole lot. But the, what, the little that he did do, I really tried to pick up on. And I am a sucker for a good promo. 
Um, so I could watch promos for hours and I, I take any of that information. I take the good promos that I see and that's what I take notes on. It's like, I keep this in my head. Like, okay, I like this about this promo. I like this about this promo. Um, because there is something about being able to go out and do a good promo and get the audience invested in what you're doing that that really, I guess, shows my passion for, for what I do. And I hope when I do do a promo that that passion is, I guess, for lack of a better term, that passion is passed on to everyone else so they see that and that gets them invested. Yeah, which is all great. Um, I heard that like uh, you do note taking because you like you watch promos and you uh, basically write down what you like and stuff like that. Uh, how many hours a day are you um, watching wrestling and or promos? It, it that always depends on the day. <laughs> um, it always depends on my job and my kids and they're running around. Um, but I would say now if we're talking about a week. I would say I am easily watching probably at least 10 hours of wrestling or promos or clips a week. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty great. Um, Yeah. So, um, you know, I did get a question from um, somebody uh, here that's listening to us. Uh, Would you mind if I open it up to questions uh, from who's here? I would love that. That would be great. All right. Give me a second. Um, I'm inviting Joey, uh, image, uh, to become a speaker. Joey, if you want to ask Amanda a question, go ahead. Uh, he should have got the thing. Joey. I still see him as a listener. Yeah, I know. I, I invited him to speak. Joey. Take the invitation. Okay, I was <laughs> muted. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Joe. It's like the second time I've done a space and I've been muted. Holy Christmas. <laughs> uh, first of all, this is really cool. This is awesome. Uh, I love doing stuff like this, so I like listening as well. Um, Amanda, did you train with Nick when, when Jack Black was there? Do you know? I did not. Oh, do you know who Jack Black is? Not the Jack Black, but the worker. I was like, not the actor. Yeah, no, not not uh, not cool rock, Jack Black. Not that guy. Uh, you know, he sounds familiar. I want to say I have heard of him, but I'm not trained. Okay, he was he was uh Nick's uh I think co trainer at um at OVW, I believe, for a while. Okay, okay, yeah, he moved up here. Um, him and his wife actually moved moved up here. So I don't think he did. Yeah, this was a while ago. I only met Nick once in 2013 when WrestleMania was here. I'm in I'm in New Jersey, so when okay. WrestleMania was here at the Metal or the MetLife Arena, now it's, it used to be the Meadowlands. Um, I met him that weekend. He was at some indie shows over the over the weekend. Um, uh, what was to say I I just think it's cool listening to you talk about your training and uh, did, did is it Nick that trained you as a referee as well? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, so you yeah. know about the U in the ring that not a lot of refs I hear that know what that is. Yes, the horseshoe. Yes. he called oh, it the yeah, same thing. Same thing. Yeah. I, yep. Same I thing. I know a lot of referees that unfortunately have never heard of that, and they know how to do it or what it is, but they don't know what it's called. So, if you say the U or the horseshoe, a lot of them don't really know what I'm talking about. But uh, 
I don't know. I've been around a long time, so I always. All right, I so I would think that's that, like an old um, school thing. I would say, Amanda, if you want to touch on the horseshoe thing, if you can. So basically, what the horseshoe or the U is, is when you figure out where the hard cam is. So you basically know where they're recording the match. You are not going to be going in the area in front of that camera. You're going to be working the U or you're going to be working the horseshoe. So you're going to be working on basically a U shape around the ring. You're not going to get into that space in the front where the hard, the hard cam is. So it's, it's basically all about where you are visually and making sure that you are not getting in the way of the wrestlers. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I just put Joey back down to listener um, because, uh, yeah, uh, great question, uh, Joey. Don't worry. The next time that we do another interview on this, I'll be better at this. But uh, <laughs> I do appreciate Joey for helping me out with that so I could think of, like, you know, uh, where else to go with this. But um, uh, it's really great to hear about, like, your career and, like, your journey. Um, what are some goals that you have? So one goal that I have is I want to be a referee at an all-female wrestling show. Uh, I just a few months ago did my very first women's match. Awesome. And I, I think female referees are getting to be a little bit more prevalent with WWE now and AEW, I think Aubrey Edwards really is the one that started that. But I know there's a couple of all women's wrestling uh, companies here in the United States. One that um, is run by Maria Canellis Bennett, who I met uh, a couple of months ago. Um, and I would absolutely love to referee for her promotion. Yeah, which, by the way, uh, thanks for breaking up Maria's name. I totally forgot <laughs> about that because, I again, like I was uh, researching and I saw the picture that you have with both her and Mike Bennett. And um, how did that go? That was great. Um, I did a seminar with them that, that they did before uh, before the show that night. And I definitely stepped outside of my comfort zone because... Mike does his seminars a little bit different, whereas a lot of wrestlers will go in, show you moves. He doesn't want, he doesn't do that. Yeah. He has you come in the ring and do 30 second promos. So I said, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to do a 30 second promo. So I did that. And Maria looked at me and she said, that was an awesome promo. Cool. That's fantastic. She's, she critiqued me on just a couple little things. She's like, you know, you move around a lot. She's like, try not to do that. But she said, otherwise, she said, I was in it. I was invested. I felt your passion for it. And that to me, just, I mean, you don't get much more of a confidence boost than that. Yeah. Uh, which I'm going to back her up to, because like I said, uh, watching the little uh, clips of your promos on your fan page. Yeah, I could definitely hear it. Uh, in your voice and like you know uh, what you're gonna say and like you know how you say it so yeah I'm gonna back her up on that that she's right um 
you really do good uh good promos where you get people invested and stuff that's why i was like asking you about the whole falcone um you know uh uh feud that you yeah. guys have going on so yeah you do really you, do, you really do great work um you. you're welcome um so yeah um if you want uh you know for anybody that's out there because you know everyone always wants some type of either like motivation or something um you know you can say whatever you want at this point uh because we are <laughs> wrapping up um you know it's just one of those like what kind of message would you give to like your younger self type of thing so i'll i'll kind of get I'll, I'll delve into a little bit of my personal life here um i actually was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis back in 2008 um and my younger self was was very you know when that happened it was what's going to happen i'm not going to have a normal life that kind of thing and younger me was very scared um I think seeing, if anything, that was actually turned itself into a positive force in my life because I know at any point I could lose what I have, whether it's my sight, whether it's my walking, whether it's, you know, what have you, whether it's just being able to live. And I... I feel like that has pushed me to do things that I never thought that I would do because I don't take for granted the fact that I can do this, these things in my life right now. Like I pushed myself to get a master's degree. I pushed myself. I have two amazing boys who are going to be eight years old this Saturday. Um, I have gotten myself not only to have a life that's great, but I get to do this awesome wrestling stuff too. And I feel like how, even if you have something negative happen in your life, you can always somehow push it to be a positive somehow. And it's, I, I think younger me was always so scared of thinking about thinking outside the box and doing something different that I think I would tell her that it's going to be okay everything is going to be fine because you find that positive spin on things to push you to do things that you never thought you would do. I love it. Um, you know, uh, I'm happy and glad that, you know, you're still here with us and like nothing really, you know, horrible happened. Like you have this strong mindset, um, and, uh, congratulations on getting a master's degree. Um, and then also happy early birthday to your two sons. Uh, I hope they have like an amazing birthday this weekend. Um, so I had a wonderful time interviewing you, Amanda. And I, I really, do. and I really hope that you get, you know, all the bookings that you deserve and that people reach out to you and stuff like that. Uh, so I wish you like all the best because uh, it is hard. It's hard even to get bookings or even to like stand out. Uh, but I wish you all the best. Um, please uh, put yourself over, plug in anything that you want. Uh, let people know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So my Twitter is at Nerd Mom Rambles. Uh, I am Amanda Monroe on Facebook. Uh, I do not have Instagram 
That does not mean I will never get Instagram for Amanda Monroe. But right now, I do not have that. Um, But yeah, please follow me on Twitter. Follow me, Amanda Monroe, on Facebook. Uh, Yeah, I I would absolutely love to to get myself out there, uh, get more bookings for sure. Um, And yeah, this was this was amazing. I absolutely I absolutely love this. Um, again, you're welcome uh, for everyone listening out there. Uh, this is the first ever uh, me doing an interview uh, with Amanda on Twitter Spaces, which is uh, pretty cool. Uh, the power of just, you know, uh, talking over the phone and like I'm over here in New York. She's over there in South Dakota and just meeting. It's like really cool. But uh, that brings us to the end of this uh, This. Um, exclusive podcast episode will be out on marieshadows.substack.com so make sure that you sign up there to listen to the whole thing in its entirety uh this recording will stay up on twitter uh for like a couple days or maybe a couple hours um because again you had to be in here in order to hear this exclusively on twitter by using your phone um if you weren't here then you know you got to go over to marieshadows.substack.com um as always make sure to follow me make sure to follow amanda And um, yeah, we'll see you guys on the next one.